comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great hall of justice are the most powerful forces of good ever assembled. I am Supergirl. I am the Flash. My name is Oliver Queen. I had to become the Green Arrow. Dedicated to truth. Justice and peace for all mankind. Hey everybody, welcome to the DC TV Podcast, episode 101. On to the next centennial, I say. You know, we'll see you at 200. Um, we uh, we said goodbye to all the CW shows, except for iZombie last week. So, this week we have Gotham, iZombie, and uh, Lucifer. And it's the Lucifer season finale. Which, uh, you know, some stuff happened there. It was an interesting way to end the season. Um, but I guess we'll talk more about that when we get to it. Uh, first of all, the runner-up for the Court of Owls, uh, rec- Hand of Reckoning, who had his own plunger in the way Enterprise is going to press down, but it just didn't do anything when he hit the button. Uh, Rich the Chub-Toad Sheldon. Yes, hold on. Chub-Toad seems intrigued. One moment. Chub-Toad is happy to be here. <laughs> did you make oh, your, did yes, you make, you did. Made your save against boredom? <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, I did. And the man who uh, who brought the uh, the flaming sword home after he heard it could cut through anything to make sure they could get through those meatballs that he had frozen from the last time he went to John's in Manhattan. <sighs> oh, I wish. It cooked him and cut him all at once. It was amazing. Just, uh, you just, you know, no muss, no fuss. Mr. Daryl Taylor. Yes. Yay! Give me all the cheese. Daryl, Daryl, All the meatballs and all uh, the cheese. Yes. But before we get on to uh, the season finale of uh, Lucifer and the uh, zombie uh, and uh, you know, uh, Gotham you know, penultimate uh, episode, let's talk about a certain lady who made her way to the theaters this weekend. Um, Wonder Woman! Of course, I'm talking about the uh, adventures of Captain Underpants. Oh, yeah, of uh, course. That, that opened this weekend. No, of course. Talking about Wonder Woman. Now, you two guys have seen it. Yes. I am going tomorrow with my daughter. That's great. Uh, we're going for a matinee uh, right after church. So, um, you guys, uh, lay it on me. Give me, give me the short uh, non-spoiler review, because I know we're going to be doing a spoiler cast on this uh, for uh, Nothing's On at some point. So, I'm so excited by what I saw on screen that I'm kind of afraid to review it to you because I would probably spoil something on accident. So I'll save that for the spoiler cast, but we'll say it was a great film. It is definitely DC's best, maybe of all their hero films, but if not, it's close. Um, it had everything whoa, whoa, I expected. Whoa, 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 Back that up, Sparky. Better than yeah. Dark Knight? Yeah, but, yeah, calm it down. Calm it down. Better than Dark Knight? Better than uh, I, I Batman don't know. Begins? I, it's, it's not better Okay, than Dark well, Knight. first of all, Batman Begins wasn't that great. 
I mean, it was good. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't that great. Now, I love... I love Dark Knight, and that might be the one that this would not be able to hold up to, but I don't know. I'm just saying, the level of I was excited, and on the edge <coughs> from the beginning to the end of this film, it was really, really good. I can find no no faults, nothing that just really makes it stand out as there was anything bad. It was all good from opening to close, and it was one hell of a sequence. So you liked it then. Yeah, yeah, it was alright. Yeah, generally positive on it. How about you, Daryl? Uh, well, you know these women, you know they let me. I got in screening, even though these women kept trying to get me out of it. You know, did you have to dress in drag to get in? Yeah, I did. I did. You know, were you Daryl Lena for the night? I had to be to get in it because these women's were just keeping us men's out of the movies. So I had to do it. Uh, no, it was. I, I'm looking at it objectively. I I enjoyed this movie a lot. I did. I would. I know Chubb is probably caught up in the in the in the love love because it's new. This is our first Wonder Woman film. It's never happened. We've never had a a Wonder Woman film before um, on the big screen. But I will. Uh, so I, I understand the the excitement. I. Like, it was well done. The vibe of it... It's funny, because everyone keeps saying every movie, all the DC movies are the same. There's only been not even a handful yet of, of DC movies in this universe, okay? Prior to this, two. Well, no, three, sorry. Well, Man of Steel and... Man of Steel and uh, Batman vs. Superman... Same tone because it basically kind of was a part two to Man right. of Steel, even they didn't say it. So that yeah, I, I get you for that. Suicide Squad, I don't, I don't think it was in the same tone. No, no, I'm just saying of this new DC universe. There's but, right, right, right. But it wasn't as good. Like it's, it's not, it's not as good. Wonder Woman was a different tone, and it was. Uh, the way that they captured war, I mean, I know a lot of people are talking about why didn't they do World War II instead of doing War One? It's a hard war to kind of explain. They had a good reason for doing World War One. Uh, it was a it, damn good reason. The connections war. made. I mean, if for someone who has read the the Wonder Woman comics from pre the Golden Age, the Silver Age, and all that. Um, the it the way that they did it it was very it was well done adaption of comics it 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 really had a lot of like the the amazons were the done very well uh paradise island the way it was shot the action in the in the in the scenes were done very well um and it didn't look like i was just looking at a re- a repeat of other of other films some uh, of the battles of those Themyscirians looked like something out of 300. I mean, it was actually probably better than that. Just but not amazing. in that tone. Cause not in that tone, like, but just, just that okay, calm down, visual. Chub. That visual was just... Chub, chub, chub. Hey, hey, whoa, 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 buddy, buddy. We, we get calm you down. liked it. 
Where you know, were you? Where were you? Just drop it down about <laughs> drop it about twenty percent, buddy. You're blowing my levels wow. here on this recording, okay? So just Cut. put it down about twenty percent. Wow. You'll be fine. No one's saying it was awesome. It's we get it. We get it. Here. It's okay. No one's you're, gonna you're, you know, no one's gonna attack you here. No one's gonna come after you here, okay? It's safe. I, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um you're down, buddy. But he, <laughs> woo, man. Uh, so you liked it too, Daryl. <laughs> yes. I mean, because I'll give context of it like a little bit. I could do it without spoiling it. It's not, I think Chubb is just drunk with, with Wonder Woman love, which is fine. Which is fine. That's great. Um, there's a different voice to this. Uh, the way that uh, Patty Jenkins did it, where the directing, it was different. Like her Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot, um, the way that she played this as being someone who has never been outside of, of Paradise Island was really well done. And I, I, I too was, I didn't know her acting abilities outside of uh, Fast and the Furious, which I enjoy, but it wasn't a lot. She didn't have a lot to do. Um, and even in, in Batman vs Superman, she didn't have a lot to do in that either. It was, uh, she held it like she held that film. Like when I looked at her on screen and I was just trying to be objective about it. When I looked at her on screen, not only did she look beautiful, which wonder woman should look beautiful though. She should, but there was a, but she carried it. Like there wasn't a scene on that. There wasn't a time on screen where she didn't look like wonder woman. You know, like I liked Henry, Henry Cavill, as Superman a lot because he whenever he's on screen he looks like Superman to me right she had that same thing where she looks like same thing with uh, uh, Chris Evans and Steve Rogers now he looks like when I see him he's Cap he's Captain America he's Steve Rogers to me the same with Iron Man and uh, with, with, with being Tony Stark like he that is that is Robert Downey Jr. even though he's playing himself but still, when you see him on TV, I mean, you see him on on the big screen, you see Tony Stark, and I and that's something that with a new film like this and with a character I've never seen before on the big screen, it it just yeah. was amazing. Like seeing the the her using the the uh, lasso of truth. That um, was great. That was. Great. He, and they they deal with her heritage. They deal with uh, there's more to that. There there's also a little something with Bruce to show that from what happened to him, from from seeing Superman yep. sacrifice himself uh, for the world and realizing how wrong he was about him, to um, this is a different Bruce Wayne. This is actually a Bruce Wayne who wants to connect with people as opposed to push them away. Um, this is not one who is, is the same angry person. And, that, and it's not a spoiler. It's This is set after, like the beginning of this movie is, is set after uh, Batman vs. Superman. Yeah, the thing is, I don't think it's a spoiler. Is I mean, the entire film is her looking back. It's, right. Exactly. It starts with her in the present. She gets an item. She and it takes her back well, in see, time. In I wasn't even going to throw that. I wasn't even going to do that. Yeah. But, but it, anyway, it, it's it's yeah. really beautifully done. 
it's done very well. You do not have to wait for the end credits. There's nothing at the end. Um, they've already uh, signed on. Uh, Patty Jenkins already signed on to do uh, the second Wonder Woman film. That's right. I think. I mean, and that's, and that's, please bring us Cheetah. And that's that's where my faith in the movie really lied was in uh, the director Patty Jenkins. Yeah. Monster was a great movie. Yes. You know, uh, the the killing the episodes of the killing she directed were just incredible, yes. and she won Emmys for those. I mean, um, my whole faith in this movie has been on Patty Jenkins, and, and I uh, from what everything I've heard, it's yeah. really uh, well-founded. And I will give it to that, <clears throat> watching it and watching those other films. I have seen those other films as well. Um, it, it feels like the studio let her do what she wanted to do, for the most part. She was able to work in the system and it and, not cut it to pieces. And like not to it, sound like a broken record, but it seems like when they let the directors do what they want to do, they get a better movie. Absolutely. Yeah, they, right. they leave James Gunn alone. He comes out with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 and 2. You know, they edit um, Joss Whedon by committee, and we get Age of Ultron. You know, right. It's just like, right. Right. it seems like when they have a little faith in the directors, and again, this here we are with an indie-style director being given a big-budget superhero movie to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to see it again with um, uh, Thor Ragnarok, same formula there. You know, right. and, uh, a smaller-scale director thrown into a big-budget superhero movie and knocking it out of the park. I mean, it's 94% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. right now. It's got an A grade a, from uh, from CinemaScore. And uh-huh. it's, t- it's tied with Dark Knight and Iron Man as, as like the best reviewed superhero films in history. And so, I think it had a thirty nine million dollar domestic opening through Friday. Yeah, we're looking for the first day. The, fir- the first day. Yeah, it's a two hundred million worldwide uh, for the weekend. Yeah, uh, and they're the, looking at about hundred million domestic and about the same in foreign. And I don't do the and I don't do the comparisons for the. Like if one's supposed to be better than the other thing with the right, right. But what I'm saying in terms of Wonder Woman has a similar thing with Cap, meaning that they both are characters out of time in the beginning. Like they're they're you know they're very untouched, unspoiled by the world, yeah. uh, and they start Which off. Which is another reason. Another reason that I'm glad they didn't go with World War II, because there's already kind of that Cap comparison. I mean, if they had done World War II, she would have been having to punch Hitler, that kind of... I mean, you could see that they would start saying, hey, this is a ripoff of Captain America. Well, well what, I have, what I would say is that they were... DC has... They want to be a little bit more realistic in, in, in terms of the world, right? A little bit darker than than Marvel is in terms of showing the world. And they do they do show war. I think they do they they I think Patty Jenkins shows the war a little bit more realistically than Cap did. Cap one. You know, Cap was kinda like a fast forward thing. Oh absolutely kinda, that wasn't really their thing to stay in the war too much as a, a vehicle to get Cap moving from one, you know, to move that yeah. character from one well, place to the, to the you're other. You're right, because, like, the No Man's Land scenes, I mean, before Wonder Woman or Diana does her thing, I mean, it's very, very realistic of things that I've read on World War One. you know. Right. So, I mean... Did a pretty good job. I, I think it was probably more gruesome than they sh- actually showed, but it was damn. Oh, I'm good. sure. But I'm saying, in terms of being able to do this as a PG movie, they right. still were able right. to show just how horrible 
that war is in terms of just how chaotic and like how how hard people that got caught up in that war um it wasn't pretty it wasn't it wasn't style there wasn't an easy enemy uh you know their people got hurt there was such a fractured you know there was such a fractured world at the time and they kind of really get into that in a in a in a way that you got it you get you get it um and as i sat there watching it i said to myself she could if and i'm and you know i'm not a Zack snyder hater um but other people are going to say this i know they some of them are going to say it in a way that because they didn't like Zack Snyder's work and i'm not one of them but I could see her if they don't have the same person. And I would, I, I could see her uh, doing a great job directing a Justice League 2. That's when I was looking at the film, I think she could handle it. I think she could really handle working in that, in the system that they have in that world. I think she would, and handling a group of characters, not, you know, like handling a day, because it ain't easy. Everybody can't do that. Um, but she, I think she could definitely do a good job, even a great job on. Um, and I think if anybody got picked to do Justice League, I would like for her to do it because I. One of the reasons why I think I would like for her to do it is that. This, I think the studio, because of the track record that she's had that no one else has had, uh, working in the in the. DC uh, superhero universe, aside from Nolan, really, you know, recent, I mean, more recent, I think, like Nolan, I think that they would leave her alone for the most part, and they would let her uh, do her film, and I think that'd be the best thing to do if you really want this universe to pop, uh, you know, and and so I, I could see her, I agree, I could see her directing a, a Justice League film. For sure, because of how good she did in this, and I could hear her voice in this movie. Um, so I, 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 that's all the stuff I could say about it, and not spoil it. If you want to hear the rest, uh, nothing's on. I'll be putting out a spoiler cast later this week, or uh, by the time this goes out, which will be going into greater detail. Uh, and we have the the lineup for that is you have to be determined because there's right. a lot of different guests and everything. But uh, right. If you want the spoiler end of the review, definitely check that out. But definitely favorable from both of you, right? Yo, definitely. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, you know, what a box office champion, especially in a weekend where it had to compete with Captain Underpants. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hey, my kid, don't, you know, give it up for that's Captain a, Underpants, man. My kids want to go see that, you know. That's a big deal. For oh, so I say, that's a big franchise. That's, that's a big a franchise. Big it really books, is. Man. You'd be surprised. Oh, yeah, my son um, loved them. Before we uh, before we get into the shows, let's uh, talk a little more news that we have. We got our first look at the at, uh, the demon's head, Rachel Ghoul, who was uh, yeah. um, you know, named in uh, this episode of Gotham. We're already talking about this episode. Uh, right. Alexander Siddig from Game of Thrones, and of course from Deep Space Nine. There, Daryl. Um, yeah. Um, playing Rachel Ghoul. What did you think? Uh, did you, get, you guys get a chance to take a look? It's pretty close to the comic, man. You guys, he's got the yeah, right, he's got the like, like the cape yeah, and everything and the. I didn't read the article posted, but I saw the picture, and it, yeah, looks... Well, they had shown a thing of him early on, and then they didn't do anything. Remember early on, they had shown a a picture of him? Right. 
as Ross, but that was it. You just got that one that one picture. But I yeah, I think he could I think he could pull it off of being that charismatic but very disciplined and ruthless uh character that, that is Raza Ghoul. So well, he's definitely uh, got the ranges and actor for it. And he's got that presence. I mean, yeah, he's he was, a theater dude. He's a theater he was, actor. He was so yeah. cool in Game of Thrones. Uh, right. And right. I mean, of course, you know, I mean, Deep Space Nine and stuff. And mm-hmm. he's a really, really good actor. I'm, I'm happy to see him come to the show. They, again, you know, they've been really hitting it really well with like the, the character actors. You know, James Remar was on. Right. And, uh, like, uh, just really, really doing well there. Uh, in the uh, in the related news to Hell Freezing Over, uh, Aaron Newworth gave a good review to Wonder Woman, <laughs> yes, and that did. that review is available on the DC TV podcast as well. Mm-hmm. I'm kidding, Aaron. I'm kidding. I'm just um, guessing. Marvel's check stop clearing. I don't know, but somebody was somebody's taking somebody's taking that stuff a little too seriously. We're only kidding about Aaron. I mean, we're only kidding. Oh, I know. As long as he keeps giving us our cut, I keep saying that. Um, Odette, <laughs> Odette Annabelle is going to play Rain in suit, and she's going to be the new Supergirl, Big Bad. Yeah, uh, the third season. That was the uh, that was what was going on with the baby and the blood being shot out the window uh-huh. on the same day uh-huh. as Kara and Cal. So uh, yeah, Rain is a, like a genetically uh, created uh, Kryptonian test subject, right? Um, she was called the one of the World Breakers. It was in one of the new Fifty Two storylines on uh, Supergirl. Yeah, uh, she was the one I was them. trying to think of. That was not the bizarre. She was their version of a Bizarro type, like an opposite Supergirl. All right. right, I could not remember what her what her real name was. I couldn't remember the comic book name for the for the character. Yeah, they were like uh, they were genetic uh, creations of like some secret science cult in Krypton, mm-hmm. um, and there are four it's of like them. Like Doomsday, yeah, like kind of like Doomsday, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rain, Perilous, Daymax, and the Flower of Heaven, uh, but they were all from the New Fifty Two uh, Supergirl comic series. So it'll be interesting. I, I mean, this is, the Daxamites are out of the picture. We're going to get somebody who at least yeah. has a Supergirl, uh, you know, has. Um, you know, power, you know, same power structure or power level as Supergirl. It is basically her her doomsday. That's kind of what they were. Like, they were world killers, what they were thought they were named. Right. So, this is going to be her version of, of uh, doomsday. I wonder if they'll do it where she comes out and she tries to befriend her first. Right, to try to like help her use her powers or something. Or, you know, for good. Re- redeem her or use her for good, yeah. Right. Um, also, I don't know if you guys are, are into the game or whatever, but Injustice 2 came out uh, for the major play, uh, you know, for PlayStation and the Xbox One. And mm-hmm. even if you're not a like a fighting game person or a video game person at all, the cutscenes in this—it's a answer, movie. Yes, it is. It's like the it answers the question: What would it be like if Pixar did a Justice League movie? Yeah. In, in an alternate timeline where Superman went batshit. Oh my and, goodness! Because so Joker, good. because the Joker killed Lois Lane, right? You know? And the way he did the I like comics it. have been awesome, and the oh way they do goodness. it in the game, though, with the movies, is just great. Um, yeah. Thank you, thank you to Carlos for putting a, a link up to YouTube on uh, the DCTV podcast Facebook group because that was awesome. I just, it's just incredible. Like, like I said, the the animation is just top notch, um, as you know, great DC characters and. 
I don't know. The comic has been really strong too. Tom Taylor writes that, and uh, oh yeah, he writes the hell out of. Uh, it's really good. I mean, it's been because he I mean, knows the characters, so it, he he does a very good job because he knows them. Like he you, he really knows how to write them. And when you like you're like, oh, it's a video game tie-in or whatever, great. You roll your eyes, but you read it and it's like, damn, that's a good comic. Uh-huh. Man. That's a good like Elseworlds story, and I'm a sucker for those. So yeah, and I'm not a gamer. Like I don't even I played some games here and there, but I'm not right. a gamer like that and uh injustice is just so much fun if you're a if you're a fan of these characters you i mean it's basically you playing the movie like you you are basically it makes you feel like you are a part of the story well it's a fighting game and like uh it's made by the same people that make uh mortal kombat uh yeah. midway midway slash nether realm so if you've ever played a mortal kombat game in your life you'll feel right at home with the controls. It's, you know, block and heavy attack, and there are fatalities uh, type attacks. Well, um, closest to a role-playing game as you can get without being a role-playing game, I think, too. Mm-hmm. Because the choices you make that changes the game, that, you know, are things you can do. Right, like when I go Batman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm playing through Lego Batman with my son right now. He's really uh, it. Okay, let's move on from news. Lego Batman the, screen, the best one. We're working our way up there. We're still on one right now. Shut your mouth, Joe. Whatever. Uh, episode of Gotham. Now, next week is a double episode. Um, the last two episodes of the season. So, this is the next to the last episode of the season. It's called right. Pretty, Pretty Hate Machine. Which uh, is a, re- a Nine Inch Nails reference. Um, and it's oh, all about, that's it's okay. all about Lee. <laughs> Yeah, man. When you think a woman that is just as beautiful as she can be, and you think she can't get any hotter, yeah, um, she does get hotter. She kind of does get yes, hotter. and scarier. It's always well, the, you know, it happened with Katie Cassidy, too. Right? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the dark version that you're like, whoa, hey. I'm, I'm like. Like, you, I didn't like, it's not like I didn't like her before, but now. Oh. I mean, listen, you, you gorgeous before. Right. right, you were gorgeous right. before, and you're like, there's no possible way you can get any finer. Oh, but oh, oh, contraire, my friend. And then you look at this episode, and you go. And I wish Jerry were here because she was. She was saying she was wondering what kind of costume choices she would make. But like, yeah. it was very low key. It was just like a black trench. Oh, and, very low key. And like, just uh, every once in a while, her eyes would flare up. You know. Very low key, but she, I, she pulled it off. She is that woman playing an evil character is just even more fine than she was when she was a good person. Until you find out she buried her boyfriend in a coffin alive. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, that Jim? Was... I could forgive a lot when they. If it's Marina Baccarin, you can forgive it, huh? Like, I know you didn't mean to bury me alive in a coffin, baby. I know you didn't mean that. (laughs) Yeah, I know you didn't mean it, babe. I mean, you know, like, I probably deserved it anyway. I know I got on your nerves. We need to talk about this. (laughs) Yeah, I I know I got on your nerves. I mean, just just tell me you didn't stop loving me. And I can get through this. We can work this out. We can work this out. Wait, I mean, wait, wait, I'm coughing up a little dirt. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. I mean, oh, you shot me? Listen, yeah, officer. She loves him and wants to be with him. 
Yeah, I mean, officer. Of course. Yeah. Officer, of course. I know she shot me three times, but officer, please. Because she that, wants that, to be with me. <laughs> that don't mean I want her to go to jail, officer. Just but That's, a flesh wound. Yeah, let me. You know what? I got in the way of her bullets. Is what it was. I yeah, she got was having away. target practice, and I just kind of jumped right out there. I was stupid. I was dumb. I got in the way, and I won't do it again. Just don't, <laughs> just don't stop loving me, girl, please. So Lee is all up in the touch virus. Um, it's giving yeah, embraced cra- it. crazy yeah. eyes and stuff. Yeah. And uh, Jim goes to see what's going on with that because he suspects that she has. By himself, like an idiot. Yeah, by himself. And he sends the backup away when he gets of there. You know? He's he like, does. all right, I can take over from here and sends them away. Yeah. Like, of what course you do. You think she's all hopped up on this touch virus. You know she's going to be like super strong, whatever. All of a sudden, yeah, weird, crazy crap is going to happen to you. I got this, though. I got this. So anyway, um, he he gets knocked out. Lee shows up at the GCPD. Guess right. what, everybody? <laughs> to, to prove her love, to prove her love for him, as Rich right. said, and to, so they could be together. She has locked Jim Gordon alive and buried in a coffin. Yeah. And the only way he can get out is uh, with a vial of the uh, touch virus in a syringe. She's like the opposite. She is. The, she's the Harley Quinn. What if Harley Quinn turned the Joker into? Into the Joker first, you know. What I mean, like, what if, what if she got Joker when he was just a regular person and made him go crazy? So it's the ultimate peer pressure. You know? Yeah, like, do it, do it, take the virus, man. Like, everybody's doing it. Yeah, everybody's doing it. Like she's like, you got a darkness in you. I want that darkness to come out all the way. Yeah. So take this stuff. It's gonna be we great. We can be together. And, we can be yeah. together. I mean, all I'm, all I'd have to question. Daryl yeah, be like. Uh, yeah, I already took the virus. <laughs> I'm saying. But Jim, but Jim, we still had two hours of air, three hours to look for you. Nope, I took the virus. No, I took it. I took it. I mean, I'm good, man. I'm good. Right? Where's Lee? We can be together yeah. now? All right. Yeah, yeah. I, I took it. I took it. <laughs> That's how we be together? Okay. I'm all uh, Lee goes to the, the um, Lee taunts them with the radio, and they lock her in a cell. Uh, Jim eventually runs out of oxygen and has yep. no choice. No. To inject himself with a virus Give in order that. to save himself and attempt to save the city from the Tetch virus bomb. Now, in the meantime, Professor Hugo Strange has weaponized the, the virus and made a giant bomb. Sure did. It's not. I'm not uh, in any way promoting the, uh, the website Giant Bomb. I'm just saying it was a giant bomb. Right. Um, the shaman brings Bruce to a meeting of the Court of Owls. And he has his talents execute all of them. The whole, like, ruling family of the owls. You know, the ruling council of owls. Um, and Bruce hesitates to give the death order. Yeah, he wouldn't do it. Leading me to think that I thought Bruce might have been undercover this whole time. You know what I mean? Like, I of, like he was right. just acting like he was under the control of the dude. So he could, like, get to a part where he could stop everything. But then at the end, they, they totally blew that, you know. Yeah, yeah, he drank the Kool Aid for real. Oh, he was, uh, yeah, he was uh, definitely under control of the shaman. Um, the, uh, the after they execute the Court of Owls, he wants Bruce to be the one to detonate the touch bomb while he watches from Wayne Enterprises. Um, Alfred interrogates Hugo Strange. <laughs> That was great. Yeah, that's the interrogation. Right. Uh, the best part was Bullock telling him to be rough. He's like, "Look, I need to know where he is. You, you know." 
He's like, well, I might get a real little rough. He's like, no, go ahead, be rough with him, do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, the next scene, yeah. the next scene is him dangling him from the top of a building by his thigh. Oh, it's so great. That was I awesome. love Alfred. Alfred's the man. Awesome. Listen, you say be rough, Alfred. I take it there. I mean, yeah, he ain't a cop. No, he's not. Uh, he learns that where Bruce is, and he tells uh, Strange he can walk free after he wakes up. And Strange says, "What do you mean?" And he knocks his ass out. Um, he tells Barbie, Harvey that if he's watching for Marine Enterprises, it's probably at the train station. Um, Alfred, and this is about the same time Jim thinks, you know, realizes that it's at the big clock at the train station because he's the only one who could figure that out, I guess. Um, so he's all touch virus up and running toward the oh, train yeah. station too. Um, Alfred shows up at Wayne Enterprises, kills the shaman. Damn. Uh, and in his last words, the shaman re- redirects Bruce to the de- to look for the demon's head. Uh-oh. And the bomb Uh-oh. went off. Yeah, we all know what that means. Well, like I said, Alexander Zinnig has Rachel Gould coming soon. Um, and then the bomb was triggered when the shaman uh, grabbed Bruce's hand, unleashes the virus across the city. Yup. They lost. All that means to me is that Lucius Fox is going to come up with a cure for the virus. He's got to. Yeah. As soon as Jim injected himself, I'm like, okay, they yeah. must have a cure coming. Well, this I was so upset at the end of this episode because for some reason in my mind, I was I thought it was the season finale. I don't know why, but I thought that. And then it when it been. ended like that, I was like, what? <laughs> it could have been a season finale. They really wanted it to be. It could have. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, well, even even in the other storyline, too, you have uh, Nygma wanting to take out Cobblepot. Right. Got Butch and Tabitha yeah. kind of stewing under the, the leash of Nygma and Barbara. You know, they mm-hmm. really are kind of... Who yeah. I love, by the way. They are awesome. They're like the odd couple from hell. Yeah, yeah. They, you should just call them Shade, because that's all they do all episode long. It's just throw Shade right at them all the time. Selena sells out the penguin because, hey, money. Yeah, it's all um, about that money, man. And then Ivy, uh, and then Ivy tells the uh, penguin, "Hey, I got good news. They found Fire Firefly, and she's going to join us uh, tonight at the place." But penguin knows immediately it was a setup, and of course it was, because in come Nigma and Barbara and Tabitha and Butch, and they're all there to kill Penguin. It's like the Penguin Revenge Squad, you know, like <laughs> they all had. Their individual and collective beef to grind uh, with with Penguin. Uh, it was pretty pretty funny. And then uh, Ed says some uh, you know gets in his face and says you know, with a gun he says I'm going to shoot you but first you're going to call me the Riddler. And Penguin's like no Ed I will never call you that silly name so just go ahead and shoot me now. All right. And just as he's about to, in walks Fish Mooney. God dang. Now, here's the surprise about this Fish Mooney appearance. Um, I actually liked her now. Like, she didn't come off the same way. It was better. This scene, this, in this scene, she was good. We'll, we'll see if it can Yeah, because it yeah, wasn't we'll, that long we'll a scene. Right, yeah. we'll see if it lasts. I'm just saying, though, I was like, was she pretty... she she wasn't doing that whole Eartha Kit sound thing and all that. She just, she came off pretty good. 
Well, it's still it was still a little bit of time. We I mean, she ain't been on it that long because she mm-hmm. chew up some scenery. She she hadn't been on it that long yet. So. Yeah, we'll see if it lasts. I'm just yeah, saying. Exactly, that. we'll see. It's like Negan on The Walking Dead, you know. He's really right. good in, like, one episode. But you see him every episode? Uh, exactly. It's a little tiresome. Yep. Too much. So, basically, um, Lee is on the loose, and Jim Gordon couldn't stop the bomb. And isn't it great when they have the giant bomb with the giant digital clock on it counting down? I always love when they do that. That's like in oh, every, yeah. Oh, yeah. every time they have a bomb, they have to have the giant... Just so you know. If I ever build a bomb, no timer. They're never going to know when it happens. Just, it's just going to happen, they're not going to know. It's just going to happen. We could have all day, we don't cut it off right now. Yeah. Well, if I did the move, I mean, if I did it, then the good guys wouldn't win. So that would kind of defeat the purpose. I guess. It'd be too yeah. good. You'd be too effective in being bad. So it, you know. It's just it's such a tired trope, man. The big, the big clock on the bomb. And, I know. Although it did go off this time, which was refreshing. It was I know. Different. And yet, Jim is always falling for it all the time. Yeah. Jim Jim is dumb. That's how I know yeah. they're going to save him, because right. uh, they save dumb in this, in this Well, show. they save Gordon, too. I mean, anything that happens to Gordon ends up bouncing off of him. I mean, yeah. he's gone to prison for murder. He's yeah. you know, like He wins in spite of himself. It's right, like he, exactly. He, he wins in spite of. He's the one good cop in a world of corruption. But, uh, now, but, us longtime Batman fans, we've always revered Jim Gordon, you know, as this. He, we know that he had to go through some dirty things and through some hard stuff to rise up to Commissioner Gordon. But I wonder if, and it's not to me yet anyway, but I wonder if this is kind of tainting the Jim Gordon, you know, character by mm. showing so many bad things that he had to go through. I don't know. I just thought of that this week and was thinking, yeah, that that could hurt kind of what people think of that character. Works for me. I don't know. I think people are able to separate different versions of a character, you know? It's it's just that you just have to give him a shot. They can do it. You just have to... People really, I think people realize this is just, you know, a show unto itself. Right. You know, it's it's kind of... I, I kind of look at it as like a... Like a weird Tim Burtony action filled soap opera. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> and there's yeah. like all this psychotic weird action, but it, but it's also got his soap opera aspects, you know, with Gordon like, you know, having all this tragedy in his life and all this other stuff and you know, Penguin you know, constantly rising and falling from power and you know what I mean. You've got those kind of things moving in it too. And it's all got that I, I keep saying Tim Burtony, but that's not really it's, it's only part of it. You know, it's got a weird it's got a gothic kind of tone to it and it's taken a while to get to this place but now that it's here it's really i think it's going strong so um i give this episode an a uh again the only thing for me was that um you know now they have the bomb go off for the alice touch virus it's obvious we're going to get a cure for it you know (laughs) that's the only only thing i would mark off and then bruce was actually um brainwashed yeah, because I thought for sure he was trying to play this round in this. I agree, I and I'm kind of glad they, you know, pulled it over our eyes like that. Because I mean, I thought they were kind of telegraphing in a way that he was, you know, faking it, and he wasn't. Right. Yeah. So we'll we'll, we'll see what the deal is. You, I mean, I still think he because he hesitated, he's still not fully taken over. Maybe, yeah. 
I don't know, even Alfred seemed kind of doubtful, you know. But we will see, we will see. So what did you end up giving it, Daryl? I gave it an A. Uh, yeah, I gave it an A. I didn't see any problems with it. It's, it's, uh, it could have, it's good enough that it could have even been a finale. It could have ended it just like this. Yeah. yeah. If they really wanted to. That would have been quite a cliffhanger, though. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> that would have been, yeah. been a great cliffhanger. Trust me, at the end, I'm like, I have to wait all summer for, ah. Oh, and then I, then I look, I was like, wait a minute, that wasn't the last one. Right, right. I'm sure there'll be something else you'll be saying that about next week. So. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I'm yeah. Sure. No doubt. Be like, what the I, thing, what the, and then, <laughs> it'd be it'd be something if like uh, if if Bruce does get taken by Ra's al Ghul and they don't find him for the whole summer, hmm. like mm-hmm. he's he's taken and trained by Ra's. That would be that would make sense. Yeah. Interesting. So when he comes back, he's uh, he's really gonna be badass. Like when they do finally find him, you know, eventually they find him. Uh, Alfred goes away to get him. You know, goes in search of. Uh, of Bruce, but uh, he'd be he'd be trained in, in in all these different arts and stuff. It's a different. I mean, it's a it's a really a different take on Batman. I I like it though. I like I like this enough. I don't I don't mind different versions of these characters. So I don't I I like it. Like in, yeah. you know, that's why I like Injustice. That's di- you know like you get to see different versions of exactly. I've always loved Elseworld stories. I mean, yeah, Kingdom, yeah. Kingdom Come. Yeah. Um, I've always read them. I've always yeah, always read Halloween. them. So I'm I'm like I'm enjoying this. Like I, it'd be cool to see, you know, what if Batman got you know brainwashed early on and stuff. Like he'd already know what it is to be to be a part of the darkness. Like he would, this would be a Batman that had already succumbed to the darkness and had to come out of the light. So he's even more determined to be Batman because now he has to atone for what he did. Like that'd be a cool Batman. I'd play with it even more. I'd have it that we don't see Bruce for like until the second part of the season. That'd be wild. That'd be wild. I wonder if they'd do that. I don't know, but I, I I think that'd be kind of fun to see, you know, seeing them play with that. Like this dude is, and then you hear about this guy, this you know, some some talent or whatever is out there doing stuff. So okay. it'd be fun to uh, to kind of see, you know, like I, I think they they could have. I don't know if they would do it, but I mean, with the actor, but it'd be, I would kind of have a good time watching. It's kind of like uh, we were talking about doing the Flash without Grant Gustin for a few uh, episodes there. You know, like, yeah, well, man, yeah. I would, I would do Let's it. See what they would do it. You know, I would do it, man. I would, I would have, um, I would bring, uh, I would bring uh, what's her name that I like and I can't remember. I forgot her name. I'd bring Jesse back, right? Because her father's right. here. I would bring uh, Jesse back because now you have Jay. Jay is back, right? Jay can go back to that world and do this right. last thing and I'd have uh, Jesse with with Jessie, her dad and with, with her Wally. dad and with Wally yeah. and I'd, I'd leave it like that because remember you don't have Caitlin that's gone Caitlin went off yep. to go do her thing right so I'd shoot I, I would I would have a, a fun time playing with that like I'd, I'd have them off doing their doing their uh, thing it'd be it'd be Cisco with with uh, HR and I mean not HRs. Which one is this one? Doctor Wells. Doctor Wells. I can't. Yeah, I saw all yeah. these different versions. 
um, and Jesse and, and Wally. There's only and one dad. now. There's only one left now. Yeah, and their dad. Like, you know, and then a sad Iris, because you know she's going to be sad. But she'd still be part of the group. But she'd still be part of the group. Her brother's here. I mean, you know, like... But still, like, I would I would do it. I would have... Uh, I would have him be gone for, like, five episodes, at least. I'd be down with that. Like I yeah. said, I'd be, I'd be yeah. happy with Greg yeah. Gustin sitting out the whole first half of the season and just having Wally and they have that kind of fledgling superhero thing we had in the first season with, you know, with uh, Barry kind of guy. That'd oh, most deaf, man. I, imagine uh, you do that where it'd be, it'd be like they're gone from... He's gone for, like, the first half of the season and then something terrible happens with the Speed Force. Like, somebody is able to do something in the Speed Force... And um, and then they go and do that, and then the Speed Force is like, remember that time we told you we, we were going to give you a break and you had to do nothing else no more, Barry? It's all good. Yeah. Uh, we need you to come out of here, and uh, we need you to help. Because whatever, this is this is more dangerous than we ever thought. Right. And, and I think that'd be a fun heck of a thing. Well, Cisco uh, can vibe his way into the Speed Force with the help of, you know, Jesse or Barry or Wally. So, you know, they could even stay in contact with Barry, you know, while Wally did his thing, you know. Okay, let's move on to Lucifer. Season finale. The good, the bad, and the crispy. Uh, which is the line that Dr. Linda uh, <laughs> gives in this. Um, Charlotte calls in a favor to dispose of Chet's body. You remember last episode, uh, this guy tried to kill Charlotte, a.k.a. the goddess, and uh, her divine light fried his head off. So she's dealing with the, the, the opening scene of this is her dealing with the dead body and stapling her stomach shut uh, with a stapler, which is pretty funny. Right. Uh, Mendiel is kind of... Uh, is. He's in a weird headspace because he's reassessing this whole thing with his dad because his dad ended up giving him, like, the key to the burning blade or whatever. Um, he's daddy's favorite. Now he is, yeah. He didn't think he was, but it turns out he is. Um, Charlotte sees Linda, and Linda uses duct tape to hide Charlotte's wound. But when Lucifer arrives, he recognizes that his mother does not have much time before her, her human body bursts. Um, he assigns Maze to find a Mendiel, while he works to cover up the murder. Um, unfortunately, Ella finds the cleaning company Charlotte hired, and Chloe confronts Lucifer about letting his personal problems interfere with work, which is funny because Lucifer's trying to cover up the murder that his mom committed accidentally. He's trying to cover it up from Chloe. Um, so Charlotte escapes, um, apparently kills one of the cleaners, and forces Linda to reveal Lucifer's plan. Um, he, she beats the hell out of Linda uh, to find that out. Uh, she then threatens to kill Chloe unless the last piece of the blade is given to her. And it turns out that Amendial put it on Dan uh, when they went to improv together. He gave him a big hug and dropped it on him. Um, Amendial shows up to Linda's office to find her, you know, beaten and bloody and maze there. Um, and he, he, the only way to save her is to, for him to use his angelic power to stop time, and he does. And that gives them enough time for Maze to get Linda to the hospital. Um, at the same time, the cleaner's real killer, Chet's brother, attempts to shoot Lucifer and Charlotte uh, with time stopped 
uh, Lucifer ignites the blade and opens a rift in a pocket universe where his mother can create her own world free from God's influence. Um, so the goddess leaves Charlotte's body. The old Charlotte is revived, having no memory of the time her body was inhabited, which is convenient considering she killed a few people. And right, very convenient. Uh, uh, <laughs> a yep. visit to Linda at the hospital encourages Lucifer to tell Chloe the truth. And he leaves a message uh, saying, you know, to Chloe, he's going to tell her everything about him. And all of a sudden, he's knocked out cold from someone we can't see. And he wakes up to find himself beaten and bloody, but in the desert with his wings restored. In a big 360 pan around. What? I was still hoping that he would fly away, though. That yeah. they pan oh. back. Like, I. I was like hoping, like when they kept going, panning back like that, that you would see him just flying towards the screen. I think she's going to get away with the murder, though, because um, Chloe says that she thinks that that one guy did both the murders um, because if they found a blowtorch, you know, that would burn off his head. So yeah, yeah. they they end up with like uh, someone else to take the fall for that one. Why don't they just? I don't know why they just didn't tell her what happened. Like I thought Chloe would find out. The truth is up at the end. Yeah, I, th- I thought she might figure it out on her own, even. But I don't know why they're still holding on to this. You know, yeah. they have right? To... I was really hoping that that was going to be resolved, but no. Nope. Yeah, so it was all right. Yeah, that's all. Right. It's just all right. It it's lost. Just like, I mean, we keep saying about this show. It's just all right. It's not it's anything. It's just we, all right. I, what was it? You, Daryl said. I think it was last week or maybe a week before that. Like, if this show went away, we wouldn't miss it really. But yeah, it, but, I, I mean, definitely it's feel all, that it's way. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'd miss it a little bit because of a couple of characters, but for the most part, yeah, I agree. I'd miss it until we got the Mazikeen spinoff. So right. So I give this like I don't know. Um, how about we do the whole season too? Uh, I give the season like a C. It's just very average. Yeah, there that's, good parts. Yeah. There mm. are bad parts, mm-hmm. but like I just think overall, mm-hmm. it just kind of seemed very middling. So it's a very it average show. That's exactly the best uh, description of the show. It's average. That's it. Like, <laughs> Let's do it. I mean, and the guy. I mean the. A lot of the um, cast is good. You know, the writing is goes from from kind of lame to decent to to really good sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I just but the the overall for me, which is you know take it all into account, it just seems like a very average show. And I don't know. They they keep stringing out some tropes, like you said with him and Chloe. They they I think they strung out the stuff with them, you know, going back to heaven and how they resolved it, like a little bit, you know, too long with the sword and everything. I realized that they had to string that through the whole season, but I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, uh, and I agree with it being uh, as a season. I give it a C plus. Um, I enjoyed the season, but uh, like Daryl said, I, I it it's somewhat forgettable, and I, I wouldn't miss it if it were to go. Just a couple of the characters, I would. This episode, I thought was a little bit better than most. I'd give it a B minus. Um, but yeah, the overall season C plus at best. Yeah, uh, like I don't know, man. They did the next season is like they they need to step it up. Like I don't, 
like it's just no fun with this. Like it, it's just I like it. The fun episodes is bad because I I don't want to hark on the actress because I don't think it's her fault. It's what she's told to play it. It's the way yeah. she's told to play it, and I don't know why they continue to make her be the foil. Like, just show tell. I mean, I don't know what the big deal is. Like, it, it just let her know. Like, we got the the psychiatrist got to know, and it was look how much fun it was once she knew. Right. You know so, how how much fun it was to see her. Well, look at uh, look at uh, Clive on iZombie. We'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah, how much you know? fun that was. And not only that, it had like total reverberations on his character up to this right. episode where like Bozio comes back and he still can't have a relationship with her. Right. She feels betrayed by him because he had to cover up for Liv, right? Exactly. So, I mean, there are ways to do it to make it part of the story, make it interesting rather than just, you know, is he going to tell her? Is he not going to tell her? Is he going to tell her? And, over and over, which is what they seem to be doing with us. So, yeah. so we'll see. Okay. Well, it's getting a third season, so we will see. Yeah. yeah. Um, and finally, iZombie. Yay! The Dungeons & Dragons episode. I loved it. I love this brain. I want her on this brain all the time. Oh. Okay, maybe not. Go back to the Dominatrix good. brain. I but still. Dom- Dominatrix brain was better. Um, it starts off with a meeting with Harley Johns and the Militant Zombie Haters Club. Um, their plan is to capture a zombie and to wait for it to get rabid. Um, but Ravi jumps up in the middle of it and suggests instead to develop a vaccine. Because, you know, if they get scratched or whatever, they're going to end up being zombies too. You know, you might want to wait till I have a vaccine. Although he's not told, he's not working on a vaccine at all. But he, you know, he thinks on his feet to try to get them to stop right. him. Kidnapping zombies, right? Uh, he meets an enthusiastic hunter named Rachel, who's a photographer. And I guess, you know, everywhere Ravi goes, he has to meet a beautiful woman. Oh, of course, by accident. So, um, meanwhile, um, Blaine introduces new brains infused with Ravi's serum as part of an experiment to determine how effective it is, right? So he gives, like, a little slice to uh, Donnie's, like, henchman. Ginger. I'll just call him Ginger because he's got a big headed. <laughs> he gives like a little, like you know, like prosciutto sized slice of uh, of this brain that soaked like twice as long. And it was a um, World War Two veteran, right? So he gives him a little bit to see how effective it is. Um, the dungeon master of a D and D game is poisoned, and uh, Liv and Clive learned that he was hated by his fellow players because he killed what they is called a T P K. Total party kill. Um, yep. All their longtime characters in an earlier round. Um, meanwhile, Major re- receives a letter from a girl named Shauna. Remember, it's uh, not Shanna Banana, it's Shauna Banana. Oh, no, wait, that's the other way around. Never mind. Uh, who claims to be sympathetic to him because she also was accused of a crime she didn't commit. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always good. It's always going to turn me on. <laughs> so you're totally innocent of that double murder, huh? That happened in your house. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's great. But just you're to show the... how dumb us men are, um, all that he has to say to him is, "She's cute." And yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he's he's on he's on the case. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he's he's on board. As we see at the end of the episode when uh, he invites her over. Um. 
Let's see. Peyton also learns more details about her prosecution of the dominatrix case, but she goes uh, to uh, Baracus at, a, at the fundraiser at the end of the episode, and Baracus tells her to drop it. So there's something going on there, but they really haven't explained it all yet. Um, she doesn't have a lot of leads, so Liv organizes her friends to play around with D&D to trigger a vision. And uh, it does. It triggers a vision of a secret room. But that D&D game is pretty hilarious, especially uh, Some of Clive. my favorite Clive moments ever happen during this D&D game. How you like me now, Lich? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then the next the next good. day they're the crime scene, and Earl's all like, man, if I make it up to the next level, I'll get two attacks around, man. That'll be tight. <laughs> he was like, uh, maybe you could eat, you could keep some of that brain. You could eat like a little bit of a little Yeah, bit a little bit each week. We got yeah, a week yeah. I, mean, I agree. It's so funny because that's the way that most people I know, like, uh, they come away from their first game of D&D. They're like that. You know, like, oh, what, my character went up to third level? Oh, wow, well, now I got extra spells, and I got like, you know, it was Surely. funny because him and uh, him and and what's the other hotness? Um, Peyton, Aiden, Peyton, Peyton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, him and Peyton were like, I want no part of this nerd squad stuff. Like he didn't even know. Right. Like the funny part was when he went in the murder scene. Clyde looked at the table and was like, Oh, they have kids. This this happened yeah. with the kids. <laughs> and they're like, No, Rob was no, trying to explain. But yeah, Robbie was trying to explain it, by, but also trying to be like, I'm not a nerd. Like, I just, just know about it. I just know, right? He was trying to do it like that. And Clive was just like, it wasn't even like Clive was being in, in, like being insulting or anything. He just literally thought, oh, right. it had to be a kid. You know, the, the, they had kids here or something. Uh, yeah, but there are little like uh, things like when he was in the comic shop in this episode, and he like, yeah. looked at the episode, he looked at the issue of the Flash. And he's oh, like, yeah. uh, you know, like yeah. it's like, oh, it really takes me back, you know. And yeah, then, so slowly his nerd, we, we find out that his nerd call, it's in there. Like, God, well, he's in the Game in of Thrones, there. too. Remember yeah, when we found out he yeah. was deep in the Game of Thrones? So little by little, the nerd is coming out of Clive. He's just, he's just been so wound up with, you know, like he's just never let himself have fun like this. But it was just funny to see him not be interested in his game. And then when Pink got ready to leave, he, he was like, "We, you're not going nowhere. Yeah, you better sit back down." That's right. And they're playing the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, gonna play this game. We're gonna play this game. You're not getting up. You, you're not going nowhere. I liked uh, Peyton's character was named Brangelina or something. And then <laughs> yeah. Clive, Clive's character was Earl. Yeah, he Earl the dwarf. Earl. That showed you how much he didn't care. He was like Earl. Yeah, like, but then by the end, he's like swinging from a chandelier and taking off the lich's head with his yeah, axe. Yeah. Which is pretty good at third level. Oh, well, I I don't know. I guess. It's just it's just funny that I've seen like people who played who have played D and D do that. Like when they play for the first time, they oh yeah, they start out they're like, man, this is dumb. I ain't gonna play this stuff. I'm just gonna hang out, and have a beer, and watch you guys play. You know. Right, and yep. then by the end of the night, they're like, oh my god, is my paladin dead? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but and then you know, or really, you know, that's how they get hooked into the game. So it's pretty, pretty true to life. Um, turns out the the dungeon master was uh, has a secret room in his apartment. He's running a Russian hacking operation, and that means they're calling in the feds and they're calling in uh, Agent Dale Bozio to take over the case. And we get like a CW moment with Clive and Dale on the sidewalk, or you know, Clive, you know, 
tells Dale you can't live without her, very CWE, and Dale's like, yeah, well, you shouldn't have betrayed me, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, Donnie consumes an extra big portion from uh, Blaine's brain, and he has this huge World War II flashback in front of the patrons. He melon balls out a scoop. Yeah, and he pops it in. But, like, he's at the bar taps, you know, like, it's Mr. Schmidt, oh my god! <laughs> he's, like, spraying the beer, like, trying to fight him and stuff. It reminded me of, almost of, like, uh, Johnny Depp in uh, Fear, of Lo- Fear and Loathing, where they shot him, kind of like, I was thinking that too. a little bit like... distorted, like, shot from underneath, so. It made it look like, you know, he was on his trip, and you see the customers in the bar, they're like, what the hell is going on? That's what um, happens if a zombie eats Hunter S. Thompson's brain. But he gets, uh, he, he runs out of the bar and he ends up getting captured by Harley Johns and his militants who take him to Ravi to find out if they can knock him out. So, uh, also, uh, Baracus, the guy who's uh, running for mayor, he gets shot at a fundraiser by an unseen militant sniper and he almost loses control, but Liv talks him down. And uh, Justin, her, uh, her date for the evening, uh, chases the militant, but he escapes. Yeah. Um, later, Blaine's old rival, Stacy Boss, returns to Seattle looking for revenge. Good character, too. I'm glad he came back. Yeah, he's uh, scary, and he shouldn't be because he looks like a little, you know, accountant. Right, but you've seen what he's done in this show so far, and you're like, uh, well, yeah. Uh, my favorite, probably my favorite scene in this whole episode was Blaine out at the well. Right, his father. He got daddy feeding his dad. Like his in the last episode, I, he put like cement over shoes on his dad oh. and lowered him into a well. Um, what did he dad, say? Those pieces of brain were a, a uh, an impotent proctologist. <laughs> and he's like feeding him bit by bit and throwing him into the well while he's talking about how how happy he is now that you know all his problems are solved. Um, that was a pretty, uh, pretty good scene. And it was right after that they show Stacy Boss coming out of the trunk of a car. Like, yeah, yeah, I have some debts to settle. I felt so bad for Clive though, man. When when his ex. Yeah, me when too. He, I thought she was gonna. I thought she was gonna, you know, forgive him. Clive's like my favorite character on this show. I was hoping he would uh, be able to reconcile. Oh, uh, I felt so bad. I, 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 plus, I had a flashback when you run out there and you think you, you almost got her, and then, and then uh, she, she's going to be that one that got away from Clive. The right. unfortunate side effect of D and D repulses women. <laughs> I don't think it was the D and D that did that. I don't know, man. I'm... It was a hold on to that lot. Uh, I was say the, uh, the group I play with here in Pittsburgh, uh, you know, the half the party are women. So. Uh, but holding on to that lie, that's the thing that cost him, as opposed to everybody else, holding on to that lie. Yeah. We had to cover from, was it covered for Liv and Major, right? Yeah, that, that's that's what did it. Like, if he had, he might, he might have gotten her back if he told her, but then she might have felt obligated to do something about it. And he couldn't, he didn't take that risk. That shows how much Clive, as much as he doesn't, he's a softy inside, but that shows how much on the outside he, he kind of, you know, he comes off as the the by the book kind of dude. But 
he held off on t- telling the girl he loved. Like, he loved this girl. He loved well, this Well, he's woman. totally loyal, man. He's totally loyal to his That friends. shows how much he cares about his friends because he didn't he didn't tell her. And he could have. He could have broke down at any time and told her. Yep. And he didn't. And it, it really hurt him. Like, that really, it really hurt him. You know? He's a good actor with that. Like, you could tell, like, just from the look on his face. Yeah. Yeah, and he doesn't do it often. Like he, you know, like he he keeps it straight. He's the straight man in the show. But when he does show any type of emotion, it's always at the right moment. Like, and see, that's the opposite, and that bothers me with with Lucifer. It's the opposite of Charlotte. Like she, there's a way to play the straight man in the show when everybody else gets to be, you know, crazy and have fun, and you have to play the straight man. Clive can pull it off, right? Mm-hmm. The way they write him, it 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 works for that. But Chloe, but Chloe totally can't. But the way they write Chloe, it doesn't work. Yeah. She comes off as the one you don't want to see when she's on screen. You don't really want to see her because she doesn't she doesn't work well with the other characters because of how she's written. And she's to the be. least. She's the least interesting. She's character. the least interesting. When Clyde is on there, like you want Clyde to be there. When their others are on brain. You want Clive to be there because his his I swear to God his his eyes when his eyes open up when she when Liv does something totally nuts on bra- yeah. on those brains and right. Clive's eyes just go wide <laughs> I crack up on just that alone just looking at Clive's face I I look forward to seeing what what facial expression Clive is gonna have when yeah. Liv goes nuts you know like depending on right. whatever brain it is. That's and that goes to iZombie. I'd miss iZombie. Like there's enough going on with iZombie. It's not like it's the best written show on TV, but yeah. I I enjoy that show. Like iZombie is written and enjoyable. That there's at least a couple of laughs here and there every time I watch it. Like there's there's something you know. Like there, there's some parts in it that cracks me up. Yeah. Um, but that's different with Lucifer, man. I, I wish it had more of those moments of when you when it's fun, you want to laugh, you know, and it just doesn't have it. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, man. It's a, it's definitely a superior show. I give this episode a B plus. Oh no, I I give it an A. I really like this episode a lot. I, I give it a B plus. I give it a total B plus. I I really enjoyed it. Sweet. Well, that's uh, that's our week in DC TV. Short but sweet uh, this week. Next week we'll have the double, uh, the double finale episode of Gotham, dun, dun. and we'll have another and we'll have another episode of iZombie to talk about. Plus, uh, keep an eye out for that Wonder Woman spoiler cast uh, coming out from Nothing's On this week at some point. Um, speaking of Nothing's On, that's one of the other fine podcasts you can find at the Taylor Network of Podcast.com. Uh, you find Nothing's On with me and Daryl and Donnie talking about movies and TV, and there's a lot of TV to talk about right now, absolutely, and for sure. Um, plus a lot of movies. We're doing a series of spoiler casts all summer long from the summer's biggest movies. Um, so keep tuned in for that. Again, Wonder Woman will be coming out sometime this week, I'm sure. Um, but the Taylor Network Podcast, great place for podcasts of all geeky stripes. Uh, go there and check it out. Also, hhwlod.com. Fear of the Walking Dead begins as we record this tomorrow night. Are two, you super excited? For a two, with a two-hour episode premiere. 
Dun dun dun. That was the sound of me bracing myself for that. Clutch them um, pearls. Clutch them. But the good. But the good news is, uh, returning with Fear of the Walking Dead will be the return of the Walking Dead TV podcast, uh, which has been around longer than Fear of the Walking Dead, by the way, and is more beloved by many of our listeners. Yes. Uh, so we will be back on with the Walking Dead TV podcast from HHWLED.com, uh, starting this week. Uh, so keeping your eye out for that. Rich will be on that, right, Rich? You're, yep. you're down with it, right? Daryl, are you coming for the ride? Yeah, I'm, I, I, I was, I, I did right, the guys. ride last summer and it wasn't. I might need you to, I might need you to prop me up here and there. Wasn't fun. Falling down, if I fall down on the trail, I might need you to help me up, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I'll be joining you. Right. Um, but there's also uh, it's all connected there, which it does with for Marvel TV, what we do for DC, and uh, Half Hour Wasted, the uh, the Podfathers who started it all. A lot of good podcasting for stuff over there. Also, the back catalog of Legion of Dudes. I don't shout it out very much, but there's a lot of fun stuff there. I was going through the back catalog uh, uh-huh. the other day, um, picking out some things. So the 2009 Geek Throwdown is all on there. Uh, audio from that. We talked to pretty much everybody there. That was a great one. Uh, interviews with Eric Powell and Jonathan Hickman and uh, Jim Starlin and um, all kinds of great stuff. Uh, it's all there at hhwled.com. Uh, pretty deep back catalog there. The Watchmen so, episodes. Yeah, yeah. Audio-wise, they're a little rough. but Yeah, you know, but they were good. It wasn't until Gosh. about episode like 50 or so we really got the audio thing down, except for Russ, because he was still calling from, you know, interplanetary Texas or whatever right, right. for a long time, uh, <laughs> the first couple of years. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff. The Great Morrison debate for Super Show, that was a lot of fun. That's uh, on there. Um, but a lot of, you know, comics that you know and love and have read. If you like Gotham by Geeks, you know, we did episodes, you know, on, um, you know, Batman Year One and Gotham by Gaslight and a lot of the, you know, great Batman stories as well. So check that out. HHWLED.com. And until next week, we have more DC TV. Thank you for 101 episodes. Thank you guys for joining me. Yep. Jerry, Jerry, you're, you're a clown because you didn't make it. We are ghosts. Good night. Night.
with you 